0: It's Friday night, this is Three Valleys Radio, and it's time for the racing show. We've got all our usual guests on the show. And we should be remembering that great horse, our call. And of course, we've got our usuals: Colin Brown's here, Dave Wilson's here, Richard Phillips is here. So hopefully, a few winners for you as well. Good evening and welcome to another edition of The Racing Show I hope you've had a good week Um, Definitely international hunt type weather now, aren't we? Winter's coming Let's not waste any more time And let's grab Mike Padden And see what racing news he's got for us from the racing media this week
1: Hello and a very warm welcome along to this edition of The Racing News With all the news that is the news across the racing media Including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life To kick us off this week, here's our first story A delay to the Greatwood Hurdle at Cheltenham as hurdles were belatedly doled off owing to low sun was slammed as, quote, ridiculous by ITV pundit Ruby Walsh Commentator Richard Hoyles also spoke out at the race going off six minutes late with ground staff slow to take the actions needed when the hurdles were omitted labelling it absolutely bizarre "'As the field was waiting at the start, he said on air, "'What has changed in the last five minutes? "'We've still got ground staff by the last flight, "'which will surely have to be doled off as well. "'Everyone is standing around, the clock's ticking. "'It's absolutely bizarre. "'The right decision might well have been made, "'but the sun has been out all afternoon. "'Surely this could have been done ten minutes ago. "'Sometimes we really do not help ourselves.' Walsh, a former champion jockey, added, I agree with you, Richard. Common sense seems to have gone out the window here. To me, this is ridiculous. The race was won by Sam Twiston-Davies on I Like to Move It for his father, Nigel, defying top weight in the process. Nigel Twiston-Davies said after the race, taking the hurdles out didn't help him, but he was awesome. He would like softer ground, but he stays the two miles really well. Next, here on the racing news. Garlor recorded a poignant success in the Paddy Power Gold Cup for the five members of the Footy Partnership, named after their friend and Cheltenham regular Nick Foot, who died from cancer in 2017. The five friends used to go racing with Foot for years before his death and since then they have sent out several horses with the ambition of having a big winner at Cheltenham. Thanks to Gar Law, by far the pick of their horses, that dream has come true. Co-owner Michael Wainwright said, We came here with Nick for many years and it's just a great shame he's not here today. He would have become a grandfather two days ago. We had to be patient with this horse. He was off the track for a while, but was amazing today. This was a plan beautifully executed for the talented novice chaser, whose upward trajectory was cruelly halted by a tendon injury just before the spring festivals in 2021. That season, he won the Grade 2 Rising Star Novices Chase and was third behind All Mankind when tested at the top level in the Henry VIII Novices Chase in December. He finished second in the Grade 2 Pendle Novices Chase at Kempton in February, but showed few signs of rustiness when third in the Old Roan Chase at Aintree last month after 603 days on the sidelines. That proved to be the perfect prep as the six-year-old had to call on all his stamina reserves to strike late and hold off the challenge of French Dynamite under Jonathan Burke. Snowden said... When he got injured during his office season, I said to the team not to worry, because he'll win the 2022 Paddy Power Gold Cup. It's one thing to say it, and another to get him back from injury. We knew off a mark of 142, we had to have a go at this. They went hard early on, and it took him a while to get into a good rhythm in his first big field handicap. He was unexposed, but inexperienced too, on his second start out of novice company. He was low at a few fences, but was OK once he'd found his feet. And all credit goes to my head girl, Kate Baker, who nursed him back to health. Snowden won at the Cheltenham Festival in 2014 with Present View, who finished third in this race that year, and hopes Garlor can reach similar heights without committing him to a firm target. He added... He's not the finished article. He's showed a bit of inexperience, and there's things to brush up on. Who knows how good he can be? There's no set plan, but he will step up in trip. That chimes with Burke's assessment of Garlaw, who was delivered late and stayed on powerfully to win by three-quarters of a length over the Mouse-Morris-trained runner-up. Burke said he still hasn't had that many runs over fences and I had to dig him into a few gaps. But he was tough. He missed the last two fences but was going for it at the end. I'm delighted for the owners. They've had to be patient as he's had a lot of time off with injury. It's a special race and just riding here feels special. Next, here on the Racing News. Queen's Gamble followed up her staggering win here in April To bolt up in the listed Mares' Bumper by eight lengths To create another stirring moment in the Cheltenham winner's enclosure For trainer Oliver Sherwood Sherwood was waiting for the all-clear from cancer When his filly announced herself on the scene And described himself as quote Quite emotional after the performance of his new stable star The Lambourne trainer, aged 67, insisted he was now better and was, quote, all systems go, while Queen's Gamble herself further enhanced her growing reputation and is now 10-to-1 joint favourite for the champion bumper at the 2023 festival. Sherwood, who will aim her at the listed mare's bumper at Huntington on December 4th, said, To get a fiddy like that is very special. She's as good a filly as I've trained, and I've won the Mayor's Novice Hurdle Final at Newbury a few times. I'd always thought she was nice, but you never think you're going to win two bumpers like that, especially a listed one. Sherwood admitted he was, quote, touched by the reception after a difficult year, and he added, The word cancer is such a swear word now, but it was worse for my family, my wife and kids, because I just felt so awful and carried on. I got the all clear at Easter and had a couple of checkups and it's all systems go. But it does put life into perspective a little bit. To get a horse like that makes it all worthwhile and for all the work of my team. It was a tough winter, but it's worthwhile. And with the headline of Juvenile Gem, here's our next story. Scriptwriter was beaten twice at group level on the flat with Aidan O'Brien, but has been galvanised since going jumping and switching to Milton Harris and enjoyed his breakthrough at the graded level in JCB Triumph Final. Paddy Brennan pushed his mount into the lead, jumping the final hurdle, and, although he hung right, was able to hold off Perseus Way in the grade two by two and a quarter lengths. It was a repeat victory for connections, following the success of Night Salute for Harris and Brennan last year, while part owner Mark Adams of the Four Candles Partnership races scriptwriter in his own name. Adams said of the 16-1 to 1 Triumph Hurdle shot that the dream is always to come here for the Triumph Hurdle and be coming up the hill is similar to how he did here. There's a long time between now and then, but he's on the right path. I believed in this horse since we bought him, especially after the first run at Sedgefield, where, while he run green, he showed he could jump. Paddy was extremely positive afterwards. Milton and I felt that if he could jump a hurdle, then he'd take some beating, and that's proved to be the case so far. We'll dream about this season before the next. And with the headline, Andrews Rees Pays Faith, here's our next story. Trainer Ben Pauling was full of praise for Jack Andrews after he won the three-mile, one-furlong amateur jockey's handicap chase with a night in Lambourne. The jockey, who is the younger brother of Cheltenham Festival winners Gina and Bridget, won 15 times as a professional, including a treble at Doncaster last year before rejoining the amateur ranks. Pauling said... Gina rode her last time and wanted to ride again, but she had to ride a horse for Kim Bailey, who was a non-runner. She rang me this morning to ask if she could get back on board, and I said, not a chance. So Jack had a little bit of a point to prove. He held on to her beautifully and produced her to win at the last. It was a cool ride from a jockey who is an amateur in name only. He's a professional and a seriously good rider. Due to his height, he's decided to go back to being an amateur, but he's incredibly able. Pauline continued, There's a race back here for her in December, but she's probably just blown her chances of getting in as it's a 0-125 to 125 handicap. She'll have to have a break at some point as she's been on the go for a long time. I was optimistic she could turn the form around, but wasn't sure she'd be able to win off this mark after going up £6. And our next story here on the Racing News. Ollie Murphy believes strong leader will learn from the experience after he made a winning start to life over obstacles. The five-year-old did not jump cleanly in the two-mile novice hurdle, but rallied to finish two and three-quarter lengths clear of Ideal Des Villarets. Murphy said I was delighted with him, albeit he probably did a lot wrong through the race. He's taken a while to get used to jumping at home, and it showed through the race. He has a big engine, and the second isn't too bad. While Kim Bailey's horse, who finished third, Park Moore, was a first-time-out winner too, so there was a bit of strength in depth in the race. Strong leader has now won twice from three starts, but Murphy has no plans to rush the son of passing glance. He said he'll come forward from that and he's definitely a horse who wants very soft ground we'll keep our sights lowered for the time being until he gets more experience he learned loads today and it'll put him in good stead he wants to go slowly now over his next few runs and finally with the headline of hat trick hero is a quick story to finish us off T for free justified favouritism in the feature three-mile, two-furlong handicap chase to complete a hat-trick. Trained by Charlie Longsdon, the seven-year-old extended his unbeaten record over fences after edging out Bells of Peterborough by a length and a quarter. This has been this week's Racing News with me, Mike Patton, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. Join us again next time for more racing news, and thanks for listening.
0: Well, thanks to Mike Padden, and now, back on schedule, you know what we're like of this programme, we do it the same every week. Well, at least you know when to listen then, don't you? That's the point of it all. Let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well there are nine races on the flat at Lingfield on the All Weather, starting at 11.05. Haydok, there are seven races over the jumps there at 12.10. Seven races over the jumps at Huntingdon with a 12.15 start. Ascot, there are seven races over the jumps there with a 12.20 start. Punchestown, seven races over the jumps, 12.30 start. Wolverhampton on the all-weather, nine races on the flat, 4.30 start. And then you can also go racing in Australia and the United Arab Emirates. And switching to Sunday, there are eight races over the jumps at Punchestown with an 11.45 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cork with a 12 o'clock start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter, 12.10 start. Seven races over the jumps at Exeter with a 12.40 start. And there's also racing in Hong Kong. Now that old favourite Mick Shannon announced his retirement this week. Uh, Sad to see him leave, but obviously he's leaving his operation in good hands in the... Take care of his sons, but I, I spoke to Mick a few weeks ago um, about his uh, operation down in uh, West Hillsley and this is what we talked about. As your football career began to, uh, you know, draw to an end, uh, a great one that it was. Um, you know, how quickly before you what you got into the horse racing.
2: Uh. Year or so, you know. I mean, uh, I I didn't think I would come into the training side of it, but I, I was always interested in the breeding side of, of, of the horses and things like that. But yeah, once the opportunity arose, and you know, we, we just got on with it, and we were lucky enough to have winners and move to a nice place, and end up buying the Queen's Place at West Hillsley and. We're still here to that day, you know. We're hanging on in there anyway.
0: <laughs> well, you're doing pretty well, I would have thought. But um, yeah. that's where uh, Dick Hurd used to train from, wasn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: West Hilsley. Yeah. No, I mean, I've seen it on, you know, films and stuff, and it looks a lovely place to uh, to train from. Yeah,
3: it
2: is. where you, you go up the 34, you see the gallops on the left. I always used to... Never dreamt that I would be uh, training horses up there, but... It's a, it's a it's a lovely spot. Very handy, very easy to get everywhere, so I was very lucky.
0: Looking at looking at your list of, of you know, the races that you've won Sheepley Park Stakes, Jewhurst, Falmouth Stakes, King's Stand Stakes, Nunthorpe Stakes, Saint James's Palace Stakes, Sun Chariot Stakes. I mean, they're all Group Ones. I mean, how many is that? Three, six, seven or eight of those Group Ones straight away. Not to mention what in, in France, Ireland, Germany, Italy. I mean, it's well, not so. We, you've, we've been all over the
2: place. So, you know, we've been lucky. Had some very good horses. You
0: know. Yeah. What would you the say is the best horse easy. you've ever had?
2: Well, Humazine was probably the most famous. He was second in three triumphs on the on the trot, you know. Yeah. But probably I had some, you know, I had Samatar won the Irish one thousand. She was a very good filly, you know. Um, um, probably Queen's Logic was probably the, the best. She was unbeaten. Yeah. And the and the Arabs retired her because she had some mucus on her on her lungs. You know, just a little bit. of, You know, you wouldn't bother... But anyway, they do things their own way. And that was that was the kick in the ghoulies, you might say. But um, we've been very lucky. We've had a lot of good horses, you know. Let's hope we haven't finished yet.
0: Have you got any at the moment from people like Godolphin and, and Shakeback Toon?
2: Not from Godolphin, no. Because, well, Godolphin came in. Because I used to train for the Arabs, But when Godolphin took over, they all went to Godolphin, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Godolphin. yeah. Yeah So uh, that changed That changed the whole Dynamics of it I never got You know We never got to, We don't get such good horses now But we yeah We still find the odd Decent one
0: Yeah What about Shadwell Park You know Shake uh, Hamdam Alman, Anything from that Sort of side of things
2: No No He used to have a few For his best mate Jaber Abdullah But um uh...
0: Yeah. Never for... So tell me, when it, when it comes to sort of getting in, into the trading career, I mean, not that I'm thinking of doing it at my age, but, but I mean, how how easy is it to do? I mean, you've got to take a load of modules and what have you, presumably, first, have you? Well, I think they have now. In my
2: day, they didn't, you know. Uh, yeah. used to get a load of bollocks in our day, but, you know, <laughs> you can't do that this day, this no. day and age. So no. <laughs> things have changed a lot. But, no, I mean, yeah, they've got to do modules and business, you know, all, you know, Business plans and all this non- nonsense. Yeah, you was
0: know? well,
2: you know we had, but we had to sort our own business out and pay our own bills. You know,
0: see, um, the pants jobs for you then was it, it changed?
2: Mate? But anyway, listen, I'm lucky. I was, I was in. I don't know whether I could, I could bear to go through all the pr- procedures that there are now. Like you know, I. But anyway, my sons are so they've both been through them, so we'll see yeah. what happens, you know.
0: Yeah, and they're obviously uh, key figures in the whole operation for you down there. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, are you getting to the point where you know you you're taking a more of a back seat, no. or are you still hands on?
2: Oh, I don't plan. It'll sort itself out, you know. Jack Jack wants to train. Um, if he wants to train, you know, he, 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 you know, I think he's. I'd rather him be his old man than, than have to do it with me, you know, because it's the old man or 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 it's the son, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. My folks are both our own you know, just let them get on with it,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I see amongst the owners you had, obviously Kevin Keegan and Alan Ball, but I see a, a certain Sir Alec Ferguson as well. Now, I'm an unashamed Man United fan. What's he like to deal with?
2: I don't have a lot to do with him because he he was with a syndicate called High Clear. But I spoke to Alex a few times. Yeah. But Alex got a lot of horses around the place, and, you know, so he'd have shares in lots. He ain't got nothing with me, but, uh, you know, in the old days they did. High Clear had a few here, but uh, um, not any. Mick Shannon's got a bit old now, so he wouldn't
0: have a lot to do with that, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Not that old, mate. Not that old. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was Mick Shannon there talking about retirement and the. Arabs and Cornwall, but sadly he's decided to hang up his boots. So um, uh, a man of leisure now, but we thank you Mick for coming on the show. Now it's time for the second in our new series of Equine Superstars, and this week we're looking at Arkell. equine superstars the racing show pays homage to some of the superstars of the turf over the years we have been privileged to see some wonderful equine superstars on the flat and over the jumps so here at the racing show we have decided to look back and pay tribute to some of those great horses. So, thanks to you, YouTube, we have dug out some of their defining moments and commentaries to bring back the memories. Arcor was a bay gelding out of Bright Cherry by Archive and was born in 1957. Bred by Mary Baker in Ireland and owned by the Duchess of Westminster. Arkle was a multiple big race winner and won three Cheltenham Gold Cups, a King George V chase, an Irish Grand National, a Whitbread Gold Cup, a Leperstown chase, three times and numerous other big races. Trained by Tom Draper and ridden by Pat Taff, he was to many people the greatest ever steeplechaser and passed away sadly in 1970. Cast our minds back to 1964 and the King George V chase at Sander.
3: And they're off, Coming to the first of the 19 fences with Dunkirk the leader, Arctic Ocean, Arkell on the inside and Dormant. Dunkirk the leader at the first, over from Arkell jumps at second, Arctic Ocean and Dormant. This is an open ditch. First of the four open ditches with Dunkirk well clear and clears it beautifully from Arkell and Dormant, Dormant on the outside of Arkell, Arctic Ocean fourth and last Dunkirk well clear over that one, a good 15 lengths clear at this point from Arkell on the inside of Dormant and then Arctic Ocean and Dunkirk the champion two miler a long, long way clear we're looking at the second group with Dormant just heading Arkell and then Arctic Ocean the leader, a long, long way clear a good 25 to 30 lengths clear now dunkirk with Arkell now in second place then dormant and arctic ocean dunkirk almost a fence in front Arkell taking this fence now then dormant taking it and then arctic ocean and dunkirk over that one slipped a little bit on landing but recovered beautifully he's almost a fence clear Arkell coming up to the next one dormant just behind him jumps it third and then arctic ocean fourth and dunkirk coming to the next jumps it smoothly gets away from it very swiftly indeed he's a long long way clear Arkell just coming up to jump it now jumps it clears it beautifully Dorman clears it beautifully third arctic ocean clears it fourth and now dunkirk coming up to the home stretch for the first time with Arkle just jumping the last on the far side and taking no chances with one, Arkle jumping really high, getting away from it fast and skillfully. And here is the leader now, Dunkirk, coming into the straight for the first turn, a good 30 lengths clear of Arkle. Let's stay here and see Dunkirk, and then see Arkle round this turn. Here is Dunkirk coming up to the first in the straight, and Arkle's just rounding the turn now, being chased by Dormant. Now, this is the first in the straight on the first circuit with Dunkirk a long, long way clear of Arkell. And bookmakers calling, 4-1 Dunkirk, as Arkell jumps at second, Dormant jumps at third, and Arctic Ocean hasn't got yet to it. And Arctic Ocean just jumps it, almost a fence behind Dunkirk, who jumps the next, the last one on the first circuit in front of the stands. Then comes Arkell, who's jumping very deliberately. Dormant hit that slightly, but got away with it all right and now dunkirk coming up to the post on the first circuit getting a cheer from the crowd too for a really fine effort getting a real round of applause dunkirk as he passes the post the leader on the first circuit followed now let's stay here and see how far dunkirk is behind him here is dunkirk just coming to the rails who is uncle rather just coming to the rails to level up to follow dunkirk to the water dunkirk to the water now number 10 dunkirk over the water followed by Arkell, third, Dormant, and then a long way behind Arctic Ocean, who can't possibly stay with these crack chases. Dunkirk, well clear, coming to the next. Now Arkell, and then Dormant. This is an open ditch. Dunkirk, clear of Arkell. And now coming up to the next on the far side dunkirk his lead having been reduced but he's still well clear dunkirk over from Arkle, and there must be still 10 lengths in it arkel 10 lengths to make up on dunkirk as they come to the mile post on the flat race course just a mile to run now in the three miles king george the chase with dunkirk being chased now more deliberately by Arkle. Arkle definitely getting closer to him now and it's Dunkirk from Arkle, and the crowd already cheering and shouting for the champion now as he gets nearer and nearer to this gallant horse who's made all the running so far Dunkirk by only three lengths at that one and Arkle closing on him and they're coming to the next and Pat Taft going right up on the outside on the far side of Dunkirk they're going to take this one together with Dunkirk and get together and Dunkirk is down one jump upside the champion and oh, that's rotten luck. One jump upside the champion and he was on the floor. And Arkle is left on his own, the great horse with three furlongs left to run. The next fence out in the country and he's full of running and well clear. And Arctic Ocean is just coming up to jump a fence behind him. Dormant has gone and so has Dunkirk. And now Arctic Ocean, the only horse. Left standing. No, Dormant is all right, Dormant is up, he's, uh, he's over a fence behind but he is up all right and Arkell a long, long way clear, absolutely unassailable lead as he turns for home with two fences left to jump in the King George VI chase to boost his prize winnings to £61,771 if he just strolls over these two fences. Dormant still bravely on his feet but more than a fence behind, Arctic Ocean about two fences behind and here is Arkle coming up to the second last fence now in the king george the chase Arkle up and over and now coming to the last he's been going a really good gallop chasing dunkirk and he must be towering now but he certainly doesn't look it coming to the last a fence clear of dormit great cheers from the crowd as he rises to it carries himself and patka strides away on this greatest of all of chases joseph says and Justice of Westminster's Arkle striding away to yet another great triumph. On his first visit to Kemp the crowd, cheering and cheering him as he passes the post, the comfortable winner of the King George VI chase. A long, long way clear, strung out like a point-to-point, with Dormant having just jumped the last.
0: Who will ever forget Arkle? Now it's time to catch up with our weekly contributors to the show. We're going to start off with Richard Phillips. Good afternoon, Richard. Thanks for joining us again. Um... Busy week for you. Um, we have got uh, Ascot and Haydock over the weekend, and some uh, quite good good races up there. What do what, what you got to tell us?
4: Well, it's once again another great weekend of racing. We've got fantastic racing at Ascot and Haydock, and of course last week we had Cheltenham, where we had Galore winning for Jamie Snowden and the Paddy Power, and uh, that was a great performance, and pleased very unconcerned concerned there. But that horse had always threatened to go and win a good one, and he certainly did it on Saturday. And, of course, yesterday, um, which is basically the Wednesday this week at Warwick, we saw John Bond making his novice chase debut over two miles, the full brother to the great Duvan, and he was most impressive. And um, He looks like a worthy favourite for the Arkle Trophy at Shelburne Festival in March, and he was a very good herder. He looks as though he's going to be an even better chaser. And speaking to AP McCoy this week, he said he reminded him of Mastermind, the way he jumped—he was so quick across his fences. So um, hopefully, John Bonteri will start to make it. But we've got a great weekend uh, with the Gold Cup winner at Lutard. Uh, the, well, well, the favourites of the Gold Cup certainly at Lutard, who last year's winner, last season's winner of the Gold Cup, and then we've also got Constitution Hill, who's favourite for the Champion Hurdle. Good.
0: yeah. Uh, All the big guns are out then. Obviously,
4: yeah. There's been lots of rain, and there's been a bit of a worry about the rain at Haydock for the weekend, uh, the biggest fallacy ever is that good horses go on any going, that is so untrue, um, good horses have to have their right going, and Aplutard probably wouldn't want it too heavy, he's a very good moving horse uh, excellent jumper, and of course he's slouched up in this race last year, the their Chase, before going on to win at Cheltenham, and Aplutard looks as um, so though all he has to do is jump round, should he go on the ground but if it's heavy, then protector it. Oh, also Dan Skelton who was very impressive at Aintree last season uh, finished I think 17 and a half lengths behind Aplutard in the goal cover Cheltenham but a protector could run a bit closer this time should he go to the ground and Aplutard not we've got Froden in there to probably make the running as well but I would have thought Aplutard at his best will absolutely annihilate
0: well that would be interesting to see and as you say but I mean the, the weather forecast is not the greatest is it?
4: it certainly isn't and as I say that can stop anything yeah. So, um, I it's a race to watch rather than have a bet, uh, but uh, yeah, so I think Aplutard, of the ground is acceptable, um, should win, but um, there is that sort of doubt that if he got very, very heavy, that he might not be able to operate in it.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see what rain we get, I guess, and uh, as you say, it's probably a race to watch rather than to bet on. Certainly, I think yeah. so. Yeah. What about Constitutional Hill? Do you think that'll, uh, that'll just... Yeah, well, he, he runs over two miles, three in the Coral Hurdle. Uh, it's a step-up in trip. He's
4: been running over two miles last year, but it um, comes a long story short, he won a point-to-point in Ireland, and uh, he's a very laid-back horse, so there shouldn't be any problem with him getting the trip over two and a half. It's a good starting point. There was a worry early in the week that the ground might not be soft enough for Ascot, but they've had the rain. So Constitutional Hill will be running, and and there's nothing really in the race I don't think he'll give him much of a scare Uh, he's just a horse that is so exciting and he's paid for the champion hurdle and again it's a race to watch but this time of year we're getting all the good horses out so it's an exciting time and we've got Edward Stone running on the same card who didn't run last Sunday in a Schler chase at Cheltenham because uh, the ground just didn't have enough cut in the ground for him so basically he's off there to Ascot Edward Stone on Saturday and again he should have a great chance
0: do you think that um, Goshen has got any chance of coming back to his best? He seems to flatter to deceive so many times.
4: Yeah, Goshen is a, certainly a horse to watch, in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't be backing him, but he's got a lot of ability. But he ran over fences last time, returning the hurdles. Um, whatever it, Goshen's thinking, we're never quite sure. But um, he's certainly capable of running very well, but I doubt he'd be winning.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Constitution Hill is such an exciting looking horse, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean,
4: it's very laid back at home. He doesn't really do an enormous amount at home. And, but uh, the famous story is that Nicky Henderson bought him off Barry Geraghty and his old jockey. He rang up Barry Geraghty and said, what, have you sold me here? He said, don't <laughs> worry, he does it on the track. And um, he was so impressive last year at Shuggles Festival. Yeah. He really does look funny. He really does look a very exciting horse.
0: Yeah. Very much a one to four shot by looking at the betting here. Anyway,
4: yeah, I'm afraid it, it's not. It's these are races to have a, a good look at the horses rather than uh, possibly back them for the champion hurdle beforehand or afterwards or, yeah. or whatever. But uh, and, and same with Appleton. You know, I think um, these races, you know, they're odds-on sort of favourites. But I think taking a view before or after the big races is probably where
0: the betting medium is. Yeah, absolutely. OK, then, uh, Richard. Well, thank you very much for that. It's looking like a, another exciting weekend of racing and uh, hopefully interjected with the World Cup as well. We should uh, have a pretty good weekend of sport, I think.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We're so lucky. We've got so much sport to look forward to. It keeps us all occupied. So uh, racing and football and there's other sports as well giving us a great time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Richard, and we'll, uh, we will speak to you next week. Have a good weekend look forward to it thank you agent next up we pop up to Lambourne and catch up with a very bullish jamie snow well hi gavin thanks for coming back to us um good to have you on the show again bit of a long drive for you on the way back from hexham but you've had four winners in the last four days so that must uh, help to keep you uh what should we say energized
5: energized i yeah uh, <laughs> that um yeah no, it's a, it's a long drive up there um Always made shorter when you have a have a winner,
0: so it's great. Um, So yeah, no, it's all good. Last last four winners, yeah, very good. Yeah, no, it seems to be you know one a average of one a day. I know they didn't quite come like that, but uh, but you don't you don't seem to have many chalked up for the next couple of days. Is that is that deliberate, or is it just that this website I'm looking at is out of date? No, it's not deliberate. Um, I'd love to have seven right in a day, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I think I might be able to afford a driver, um,
5: but yeah, no, uh, I, I, it's quite because um, there isn't that many spare rides around to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the race has been quite Um and they, the ground isn't consistently to what trainers want. Um, a lot of trainers are looking for that soft ground, um, and you're not getting that consistently. It is in some tracks, and other tracks it's not. So um, it can be some days good and some days maybe not so good
0: so have you got nothing you've got nothing on Saturday or Sunday this weekend then it says here oh
5: don't worry about that we, 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 we'll have something alright oh right okay.
0: Uh, okay just don't know about you, you <laughs> just don't know. that's uh, fair enough that's fair yeah. enough
5: but um, um, we might be at Huntington hopefully for a few for Kingy on Saturday and um, Sunday Sunday, hopefully Jay, Jamie's got
0: um, one or two lined up yeah Jamie was telling me this this afternoon that, that he's got uh, I mean if I can find the page uh, he's got a couple of horses that look really he, he was you know getting very enthusiastic about them I'll tell you what they're called in a minute in two seconds uh, they were where are we Sunday uh, Passing Well and Super Survivor
5: yeah Passing Well is a lovely horse a um, couple Robert Hyners um, he's a he, fine big horse um, and Super Survivor he's strengthened up and off a lot he won I think three of his four runs last yeah. year for us um, yeah a lovely horse, but he needs strengthened up massively and he's going chasing. Um so yeah, you'd be looking forward to him.
0: So, uh is that his first chase race then or what?
5: Yeah, this will be his first time over yeah, yeah. Uh, he has ran in point to points, but um yeah, the, he, he, when he first screwed him we got in all weather circles because the ground was a little quick on the grass. Um I, and he was only okay up over them. Um as soon as he took him on the grass. And some fences on the grass. He was a much better horse. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he 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 he's he's just a lovely horse. He's a bit of a doer. You know what I mean? Um, he gets on with his job and um, he enjoys racing and that's that's exactly what you want.
0: Sounds to me like it could be a reasonable price then. First time out over fences.
5: I'm not sure. Um, do you know something? The the bookies have just looked at Jamie Stoughton and. Um, a lot of people be
0: black, back and blind because he's uh he's umpire, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. They do, they do. I'm I'm one of them, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, no, there is always a tendency to do that, isn't it? When people's when you know somebody's really
5: flying and James, yeah, when they're in good form, you, you just go with them. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's quite right. Quite right, and good win for G- Gar Law on Saturday. Did, you must be disappointed you didn't get that ride. I mean, you, you can't be in two places at once. I know, but. Uh,
5: yeah, look, it's, it's obviously good that I, um, that I one of the owners that didn't want to use me, um, but uh, yeah, look, it's brilliant for for Charlie Berkeley, rode for Kate that rides him out every day. She does a fantastic job with him.
0: Yeah,
5: um, you know, he's it, kind of one of those. It's a pleasure to write So she 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 loves him, um, and it's brilliant for Jamie and his team. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's obviously obviously great for the owners as well. Um, partnership but yeah he, he's fantastic he's always been he's always been a very good horse yeah um, and he is a, he is a great at horse um, you know and
0: hopefully there'll be a big days ahead for him as well well I had a few quid on it as well so I was quite happy <laughs> Yes, yeah. that's, that's the main thing well look uh, uh, Gavin thanks for coming back to us so quick and uh, drive safely and get home in one piece for sure and uh, I'll be looking out to see if Passing Well and Super Survivor do any good on Sunday.
5: Hopefully, we'll fingers crossed. We'll be excited about them.
0: Yeah, and uh, do appreciate you coming on each week. It's a, it's a great help, and you know having somebody of of your calibre on the show is is uh, is very good. So do appreciate it.
5: You're making me blush, Eddie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, mate. If it wasn't for the fact I got a dodgy back, I'd have been up at Wincanton tomorrow, but we've got a, okay. a yeovil press conference tomorrow, otherwise I might have come up and met you up there. But never mind, we we'll see how we go. Okay, I should yeah. catch up with you sooner or later, don't worry.
5: Yeah,
0: lovely. OK, mate, well, thanks for coming on, and we'll speak to you soon, yeah? Brilliant, thanks very much. Take it easy, bye. Well, that was Gavin Sheehan
5: and, again,
0: a very happy Gavin Sheehan because he's had four winners in the last four days. You can't complain at that. Next up, we catch up with Dave Wilson who's still looking to get one of those lucky 15s to come up. Well, afternoon, Dave. Still looking for that elusive lucky 15, eh? We are.
6: We had a little win last week which got us from the minus figure back to a level figure. We didn't quite get into the the plus realms. I think we was about 12 pence down, so I just put lightning through that and said zero. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, we're starting off at a level this week, and uh, we've got four runners for you. Three of them are odds on favourites, and uh, one of them's a big price. So hopefully, we'll have uh, at least three winners on the Lucky 15 this week.
0: Well, so, uh, wish you luck.
6: We're going to have a look you do. With, uh, two great, two class ones, uh, Ascot and the two class ones at Haydock. And we're going to start off with the earliest timed one, which is the Ascot 205. Yeah. And we're going for the horse here called La Home Presse. By all accounts, it's the home pressman, or whatever it translates into, or something like that. From memory, from last year. Okay. He's going to be tra- uh, going to be ridden by Charlie Deutsch and he's trained by Benicia Williams. He's priced up roughly around four to seven at the moment with most of the firms. Uh, he only had one defeat last year in his six runs, and that came in his sixth race. Which I think it had a very long season, and uh, it took get out of him, and I just put a pencil through the, the form of that last run anyway. So he won over course and distance at Ascot in December last year, and he actually cruised around Cheltenham at the festival to win the Browns Advisory at the the festival race that he running in. Uh, team Venicia Williams haven't actually got rolled in yet this year, but obviously they're going to kick in at any point at the moment, and we're just waiting for their first winner to come bowling in, and I've got a funny feeling, it's going to be La home say He was very, very impressive in all his races last year, and he looked like a very, very good horse. So, he's priced up, as I say, at four to seven, and he's going to start off our uh, lucky 15 this week, and he, he won two or three grade ones, last. Like- and he's down in the Grade 2 race to start off and it does look to be quite a weakish Grade 2 as well. So uh, he's well down in grade from what he won last year. So First leg of the lucky 15, Ascot, 205, Le Homme Presse. Righty-up. We're going over to Haydock for our second leg, which is the 225, and this is a big-priced one. Good risk at all. Sam Twiston-Davis takes a ride for Sam Thomas. He's priced up at around about 7 to 1, I believe, at the moment. Now, this is a horse that I have been waiting for to go over three miles, and he gets his chance in this race. He looked a very good horse over two miles last year, and then they stepped him up to two miles three in a race at Ascot, and he absolutely destroyed a Class 2 race. I think he won by nine lengths in the end, but he won on the bridle, and the, the horse that was in second come walking across the line. So it, it could have been 99 lengths instead of the nine that he actually won by. Uh, he won a reappearance this year uh, over two miles for Carlisle. And as I say, he's a horse I've been waiting for to go over the three-mile trip. And I'm excited to see how it goes. And uh, I'm expecting big things from him. And a seven-to-one price about him is absolutely huge in my book. So that's good risk at all in the Haydock 225 for the leg two of the Lucky 15. Okay. Back to Ascot for the 2.40 race. And in this race, we've got Constitution Hill. Nico de Boyneville takes a ride for Nicky Henderson. Now, this horse is an absolute machine. He he destroyed John Bon at Cheltenham. Now, John Bon won everything put in front of him apart from that race last year. And he's come out this year and destroyed a, destroyed a very good field in his first chase race up at Warwick on Wednesday, I believe it was. yeah, Wednesday it was and he had Mon Morale off off the bridle from a long way from home so to be destroyed by a uh, a horse of Constitution Hill's ability I think it really really says a lot and Constitution Hill when he won at Cheltenham he done a time a lot lot faster than what Honeysuckle won her race up there so uh, I think Constitution Hill is an absolute freak of nature and I just can't see him getting beat. He's priced up at 2-7, to seven, so he's not tremendous value to back. But from what I've seen of him and what he's done on the, on the clock and the, on the stopwatch, he looks an absolute freak of nature, as they call him. So leg three of uh, Lucky 15 is going to be Constitution Hill at 2-7 to seven to go with the other odds on shot and the big price one that we've put in. OK. Now we're going back to Haydock for the 3 o'clock and another horse that I absolutely think a world of, at It's going to be ridden by Rachel Blackmore, trained by Henry de, Bro- de-, Henry de Bromhead. Get me tongue-tied there. Uh, this will be a good marker race, because what we've seen earlier this year, Brave Man's Game come out and won nicely, and he beat Eldorado Allen three and a half lengths. Now, they really think Brave Man's Game has got a good chance in the Gold Cup, or that sort of a standard of a horse he is. Now, we're going to see what Apoutard does to Eldorado Allen at Haydock in the 3 o'clock on Saturday. And I've got a funny feeling that Apoutard's going to be about 20 lengths in front of Eldorado Allen. So, it'll be very interesting and it might might keep the boiler going with uh, the Gold Cup on the horizon. Obviously, Apoutard won the Gold Cup last year and uh, he won this race last year by 22 lengths. He's priced up at 4 to 7. Now, from a professional punter's point of view, I think that four to seven is tremendous value. If you ask me to price the race up, I wouldn't give you any better than one to three about it. So it's going to be the last leg of our lucky 15. I know three of them are odds on, but it's just one of them things that class horses come to the fore at this time of the year in their grade. And I think all three of them will win. And the one that's a big price, uh, good risk at all. I don't think he wants being a 7-1 shot. I'd have him about half that price. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we'll have a nice return on the lucky 15 this week and uh, we'll see how we get on and uh, see how we go.
0: Good. OK. Well, you had a good afternoon at Wincanton as well, so, you know, things can't be too bad for you.
6: Yeah, it's just a shame that the two that your football correspondent and I teamed up on didn't win, <laughs> but the, the rest of the ones that we back did, I'm not saying fourth is a jinx, but...
0: Well, that was Dave Wilson uh, after a day at Wincanton, and he's obviously backed a couple of winners, but uh, it sounds as though our football correspondent, Mr. Thorpe, has been putting him off. Never mind, never mind. Anyway, now it's time to catch up with Colin Brown, our ace tipster from Lambourne. Right, good morning, Colin. Good of you to join us again. Late as usual, but that's uh, par for the course with you, isn't it? So, uh, what, what sort of a week have you had?
7: I thought you were the one that sent the text saying I'm five minutes late because you're having breakfast. Yeah, I was. Uh, but so,
0: but you were late anyway. You said you were as well. Uh, yeah. as well so there, you know. It suited me. me. What's sort of week if I had? Well, I had a busy weekend last weekend
7: um, at the races. I did four days on the bounce. And then this week I've just been doing a bit around the house and usual bit of office work. And the great thing about, you know, in the pleasant, pleasant climate is when you're self-employed, it's a lot more fun because we got to Pay, a, drop more tax, chase all those people that don't pay us, yeah. do all our invoices, oh, and, you God. know, keep everything right up together. Plus, if you're not VAT registered, of course, collect money for the VAT man. It's fantastic. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, I quite agree, mate. <laughs> I quite agree.
7: Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. No. Um, right, good, good racing weekend. Anyhow, looking forward to Haydock. Yeah. And yeah. looking forward to Ascot. I'm at Ascot the weekend doing. ASCOT TV and a few boxes. Oh, right. Um, okay. And a good friend of mine's got a couple of very exciting runners the weekend, which I'll tell listeners about in just a second when we get on to their particular races. But we've got racing as I say, at ASCOT and Aidot, and there's a good race in Ireland at Punchestown. There's Lingford on the All Weather. And there's not a bad meeting, actually, at uh, Huntingdon as well. Right. So I think I think we'll go to Huntington if that's all right with you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. In your hands completely. In
7: my hands completely. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, it okay. does. Okay, yeah. let's, let's have a look at the first race at and, um
0: Oh, just to set the seal, have you got one of your jazzy shirts on this morning? Yeah. Oh, good. That's okay. Why? i just wondered, you know, I'm trying to picture you there, sat there. With bits of paper all over the oh, place yeah. and your computer not performing, but as long as you've got a shirt on, that's that's okay. That's okay.
7: Yeah, always always got a shirt on. I lose a shirt now and again, but always got a shirt on. But um, mm. so it's always good to uh yeah, have a shirt on. But all my shirts, they're all they're all um nice, you know, animals and yeah yeah
0: and, you know. Right, well trees stop stop and... waffling yeah. now. Let's get the hunting done. Come on, pull yourself together. Uh, okay.
7: Okay, here we go, 12.15. 12, 12.15.
0: 12, um,
7: Huntingdon. It's mm-hmm. a maiden hurdle, and it's quite a competitive little race, I'll be perfectly honest. It's not a, it's not a bad race for a Huntingdon novice hurdle for four-year-olds. Um, and there's a horse called Clit, uh, Clit Shinko. Um, mm-hmm. Trained by Alan King, Bellamy rides it. Um, it's been quite keen at home, but as a course winner uh, over the distance, and that was a national flat race. but Alan King thinks quite a lot of this one; he thinks it will win, and that is called Klitschenko in the twelve fifteen at Huntingdon. Okay. Uh, when you look at it, probably, although this one um, win house or probably win the second race. It's uh, won at it last race. Tom Bellamy again, good rider Tom nice lad as well uh, yeah. he takes the ride on on uh, on uh, in the 1248 windhouse. I think that will win there at uh, at Huntingdon, not a track that I used to love Huntingdon, a very fast track it was, right handed um, quite big fence a, a, ditch in front of the stands which used to catch one or two out because there'd be a lot of crowd around there all shouting and screaming and going you know and some horses get a little bit um a little bit put off but um anyhow now Sid Hosey's got quite a lot of horses running at the moment and uh, I think he's got some nicely bred pretty smart looking horses I think we'll be seeing a lot more of Sid's horses in the pra- in the um winner's
0: enclosure and uh, he, he's well in with gay colorway isn't he
7: I think he is, yeah. yeah. He's got some nicely bred horses. Keep an eye on them. Mm. He's, uh, you know, he could be a man to watch, yeah. as I say, from the West Country. Now, what wins the last race? It's a National Hunt flat race. And um, Alan King, again, I've gone for two three of Alan King's now. But I think they're well-fancy. He's got a nicely bred horse. Um called Dancing in Brazil Um, it's by by a good French stallion it's a relation to Thomas Campbell and Lisp, a couple of decent horses at Henderson and Kingy train and I reckon this could win, goes back to the family of Cordeleon so uh, that is at Huntingdon, it's called Dancing in Brazil in the 343 rightio Right, let's get to Haydock.
0: Hang on, Haydock
7: Haydock Park. Haydock Park. I'm just talking about it a second while you're clicking over. Haydock Park is a place. Haydock Park is a place that none of us really like going that much. You know why? Because we have to get on that terrible M6 from Birmingham, Mm. get around Spaghetti Junction, and get on the M6, and round the M6, all right, on up to, gone past Manchester, is a real pain in the neck.
0: Yeah, so I agree with that.
7: I, I don't go much. Do you know? I think you know Mary, who's well travelled. I don't think Mary's ever been to Haydock Park. Mm. Do you know that?
0: No, no, I didn't know that. Nope. But... Well, I,
7: I reckon if if you tempt her with a nice box at Haydock Park, free champagne and gin all day, I don't think she'd go.
0: Well, there's a there's a fact that um, listeners, you know, you sure make making note of that. Yeah, definitely.
7: Yeah. I don't think she got on a bike and go up there. Right. So there we go. She, she must get a helmet as well. I keep on to her. She's got to get a helmet.
5: Yeah. Right. What right. wins
7: the 1210? There's an <coughs> horse called uh, Tamarus. And it's trained by Nichols. He's absolutely flying. It's about 7 to 4 favourite. It will win the first at Haydock Park. Tamarus in the 1210 at Haydock Park. And then the next race on the card is a handicap chase. It's quite um, a tricky race, if you like. I think Ferglo Man of the People's got a good chance down the bottom, but I'm not sure I'm going to get involved. I don't like handicap chases around there. uh, It looks blooming difficult to me. So, as we move on, we've got a handicap hurdle there. This is their first big jump meeting, if you like, up at Haydock. Um, And uh, i got nothing for the listeners in that race and then we move on to uh the 150 the graduation chase and i think Nichols will have a double on the card at least here with hitman it is always the bridesmaid but um has got the uh wind operation it's run for the second time now often first run after a wind operation they do improve because they don't think they're going to be able Breathe as well a little all last time. I choked a little bit. It wasn't very nice. But what second run backs often the best one. But this one has been the bridesmaid a lot of times. I'm not telling you to back him to win because he's too short, but you can put him in your doubles and trebles. Okay. <clears throat> right. The 225. That's the race I'm, I'm interested in. It's the, the Betfair Exchange Stairs. Handicap the prep. I mean, handicap the top weight. It's good risk at all. Trained by Tristan Davis, but a very good friend of mine got a run in the race called Might Eye and arguably Might Eye's got the best form in the race he beat Thunder Rock first time out at Newton Abbot um, that was last season of course and um, Thunder Rock won he's won his last two races he's a blooming good horse and then he um, turned up find his form yeah then he turned up at Sandown Park really well fancied thought he'd win Ran into a horse called Constitution Hill, giving him, mm. gosh, six or seven pounds. Got beaten 14 lengths. Not a bad run, though. And then the next time out, he was third to John Bon, Richmond Lake, that's one since. Uh, Nell son's won three. Pickar won the other day. Um, he's running some really good horses. And for me, he's a really good horse that could end up being at Cheltenham, and I think you'll win. Might I, for me, <coughs> number 8, 225 at Haylock Park. How bullish was that? Uh,
0: pretty bullish, yeah, pretty bullish.
7: And then up there, we've got the uh, three O'Clock, the Betfair Chase. I've won it, actually, a couple of times um, in the past. It was a, used to be called... I've oh got I've always changed its name. You know the sponsors, you know, they change their names. Yeah, they? yeah. But anyhow... In the Betfair Chase, you've got Gold Cup winner Lutard, You've got Protectorat. You've got uh, Bristol de May, who loves the track. Normally runs a big race on this track. Eldorado Allen from the Tizard Yard. He's twenty to one. But you know, here, and because this horse jumps so well and loves the ground, if it uh, ends up being really soft, uh, I, I think Froden at twenty eight to one has got a big chance here. He shouldn't really win at the weights, because our Plutard is rated about a stone in front of everything else here. If our Plutard didn't turn up today, uh, I know he's a good horse and he won the Cheltenham Gold Cup in March, but if he, you know, if he didn't turn up today, I think this horse, Roden's got a hell of a chance at 3 o'clock at Haydock Park.
0: OK. Well, you're going to have a lot of rain turning up, from what they say on the, the news, so uh, that could affect uh, a Plutard, couldn't it? Well, I think he
7: probably likes it sort of good good to soft. So, yeah, interesting. Anyway, let's go to Ascot. Okay. And that's where I am tomorrow. I've got a bit of Ascot TV. I've got Ascot boxes and uh, bits and pieces. So a bit of fun there, Ascot, tomorrow. Uh, right. Um, in the first race of 12.20, it's a novices hurdle. There's only four runners. Unbelievable. The ground will be perfect. That's a novice hurdle. Um, we've got one horse to rating 128. So, whatever you run to tomorrow, you've got to run a horse that you think is going to be well worth, you know, 128-ish rating. But we've got four runners turn up. Unbelievable, really. Mm. Um, so, what wins it? You've got R.U. You to that one of you talked to the other day. We've got Gunnery Officer that won at Warwick the other day, won quite nicely from the Stuart Edmonds yard he bought, bought this from Ireland the source and um, it's probably a pretty nice horse and then you've got Scarface from the Tizard Yard who won at Plumpton by 16 lengths the other day and won very well indeed I must say absolutely hosed up and then you've got Ovalby, trained by Nichols that's had a couple of runs and was fourth to gin coca at Newton the other day which you have to say wasn't a bad run um, because Ginkoco's come out and won since then. So, what wins it? <clears throat> I'm going to go for Evaldi because he's seven or two outside of the four. Paul Nichols uh, trains it. And the owner, this is Johnny Delahaye. They have so many winners at Asker that, um, you know, they're always in the wins enclosure, whether it's a six to four shot or an eight to one shot. They're always in the winners' enclosure there, so that's what I am going to go for in the uh, in the in the in the first race of twelve twenty. Ascot,
0: okay.
7: Radio, radio, radio. Well, it is good racing, but I'm afraid you know, just not that many runners there. I can't believe trainers moan about prize money, moan about this, that, and the other. Yeah. They just don't turn up and glimmer well run. Hitman is actually also in there, so. I've I, I, I guess it just depends what the weather does, whether he runs or not. So, we just have to keep an eye on the weather, whether he runs there or not. Um, right. He, oh, um, yeah. Really interesting race, uh, this one. Um, what wins it? A horse uh, called Lahom Press. Now, it's trained by Venetia Williams. Her horses haven't hit form yet, but... Um, this could be the day for Venetia because I think it's going to be quite soft there. And you know, she's got to hit form sometime. She hasn't been in great form, she's had a few seconds and thirds. The press for me to to start the Venetia Williams ball rolling. that time it did, or Osby will be taking their horses away. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, only, I'm only joking, right? In the 240, the coral hurdle. We've got Constitution Hill, so that is five to one on that. Should win. Brewing up a storm runs in the race for pleasure runs in the race. Decent chaser lost his way a little bit. Oh, Utrecht, and a horse called Goshen, who we all know about. What a disappointing horse Goshen's been. So for me, I would back Goshen without the favourite, but Constitution Hill. If you you know he turns up, will win. Do you
0: know? Have you worked out how much money you've put on Goshen and lost? Yeah, lost. It'd be frightening, wouldn't it? Blimmin' frightening, I know.
7: <laughs> now, the ask at 3.15 is uh, the Hurst Park chase, and blimmin' nuisance Edward Stone couldn't have run last week because he takes on Boot Hill. But Edward Stone is, for me, very good horse. Got beaten at Liverpool, but he won the Arkle. he won at Warwick. He's, done, he's got some good form. But weight stops trains, and you know, Alan King's horses are in pretty good form, but they're not absolutely flying like uh, Harry Fry's. And if ever anything's going to beat Boot Hill, uh, Edward Stern could be Boot Hill today. Trains say by Harry Fry, he's got some real good form as long as it doesn't go too soft. Um, I think he's the horse that Boot Hill's got to be. What did um, Jamie Snowden say about Kiltie Briggs? He didn't really
0: say much about that, to be honest. Um, no, he was more talking about these two tomorrow at Utoxeter. But uh, no, so nothing nothing relevant at all.
7: All right, no yeah. problem. I'm going to take on Edward Stone tomorrow with the horse called Boot Hill okay. in the uh, 3.15. Last race on the card is a National Hunt flat race. Um, I'm just j- double checking to see if there's a certain horse that got in the race. These National Flat Races, they're a good place to start horses that are a little bit, you know, green, backward, never been in the races before. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're, well, you know I mean? Get some of the races, get some sort of um, looking around and get some, gets their blood up and it gives them a bit of experience going around. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It runs here, and I fancied this the other day. I told everybody to ask Ascot to back it, um, and it was second to Fireflyer in a national flat race. It's trained by Sid Hosey. It's called Way Out, um, and it's quite a nice horse. It ran a good race the other day when second here. Um, it got a bit of a roll on, actually, and um, looked for a minute like it was going to win. So Way Out, it's called. It still could be a bit of a price today because you know, there's a lot of um, trainers in the race that uh, you know a lot of people be going oh well you know Gary Moore's got two in it and Nichols and Henderson yeah. so way out for me in the last race at Ascot. so that's it that's your lot
0: thank you very much let's hope you've got some winners there then but we say that every week don't we we say that every week ah, let's hope you've got some did we winners get last week? you didn't do how that be well. Be well you had two week. you had two winners where one was 17 to two. Which was good, and one was nine to four, and you also had a second and a third. So, uh, really? hmm. What's well, I suppose it's sort of average for you, isn't it? <laughs> average, it's average. Not it's not brilliant. No, it's not brilliant. No, you? yeah. you've got I'm these nailed-on ones this week, so you know it should be easy, yeah. shouldn't it? Really?
7: Easy peasy. Get your money on, boys and girls. Yeah, yeah.
0: OK, then, Colin, thank you very much indeed, sir. We will speak to you next week, I'm sure. We will do, we will do indeed. Take care. Bye. I will. Cheers for now. Well, that was Colin Brown. Let's hope he's got a few winners for us this week. And it brings to an end another racing show. So thank you very much for joining us. It's all going to be football next week, isn't it? Hey, the old World Cup's coming. So uh, I'm sure we'll all be watching a little bit of football. But uh, the racing will still be there. and We shall still be coming and bringing you as many tips as we can. So until next week, this is AD Hopper saying thank you for listening and we'll be seeing you again next week, hopefully.